In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guest are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Toginet Radio, Togi Entertainment, or the owners group. What if, with the right mindset, anything is possible? Join us now and find out how. It's time for the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Join us as successful life coach Marla Tabaka is here to inspire you and her clients to explore, discover, and live your dreams by developing what she calls the Million Dollar Mindset. Today, Marla is here to inspire you to take action on your dreams and reveal secrets to success that will help you realize your own unique power with the Million Dollar Mindset. Today, she'll share heartwarming stories, teach you tips and tricks to building a successful business, plus how to unlock the secrets to creating a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. It's the Million Dollar Mindset. And now, here's your host, Marla Tabaka. Well, welcome to the Million Dollar Mindset, everyone. I just can't think of a better way to to start my week than to be right here with all of you. So thank you for being here, and we have a fabulous guest today. Let me ask you a question. Are you feeling overwhelmed nowadays? I think that more and more people with the onset of uh, our new world in terms of electronics and social media and, and, and whatnot, more and more people are feeling overwhelmed. Everybody seems to be overwhelmed. And, you know, you might find yourself multitasking or working working around in circles, as I call it, and wondering why your to-do list is longer at the end of your day than it is at 8 a.m. What's up with that? Now, if that sounds like you, today's show might just help save you from yourself. You might be able to stop wondering how you're going to get it all done. That's right, because our guest is here to tell you why trying to get it all done is the biggest mistake you can make. Think about that. And he should know. Peter Bregman is the CEO of Bregman Partners, which is a global management consultancy where he's the advisor to CEOs as well as to their top management teams on leadership and workplace issues. Now, Peter's been, he's a published author and he's appeared on CNN and PBS and he writes for HBR.org, Psychology Today, Fast Company and Forbes. Hello. He's also a regular contributor to WNYC Radio and he's even spoken at TEDx conferences, which is just amazing. Now, Peter's consulted with companies the likes of Morgan Stanley, NASDAQ, JP Morgan. Uh, Chase, Victoria's Secret, Converse, Cats Media, the list goes on and on. And I had the privilege of reading Peter's latest book, and I am just so excited about bringing him to today's show to give us an inside look at this book so that you can just run out and get it. I think it's coming out this fall. His book is 18 Minutes, which is a powerful plan for achieving your priorities. This is going to be fun. All right, folks, welcome Peter Bregman to Million Dollar Mindset. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. 
I'm just thrilled, Peter. I can't tell you how much I enjoyed your book. It's, um, you know, unlike some other similar books, if you will, although I don't know if there are that many similarities, um, yours was just a really easy read. And um, it's kind of fun, quirky in places. And it's got a lot of great resources and and, uh, insights that are really, really refreshing. So tell us, when is this? Is this out on the shelves yet? You know, it's actually an interesting thing. It is on the shelves. Uh, at least it's shipping from Amazon because I know a bunch of people who've gotten it, and Amazon says it's in stock. Uh, the publication date is September 28th. So Kindle versions and electronic versions, which you think would be the first to get it, um, have to. Uh, uh, it's for them. It's available September 28th. Okay. Okay. So wow, really soon. How exciting! Congratulations. Thank you. So, Peter, I have to start with what is probably going to be the most obvious and common question, okay? And I love it because it made me want to just grab the book. Why 18 minutes? Well, you know, it, it, I didn't start with 18 minutes and work backwards. I sort of built up to 18 minutes. So it started with a practice that I uh, began uh, through trial and error to figure out how do I manage my often unruly day. You know, I I, uh, um, I had built my company to something kind of big, and then I made it smaller again because that worked better for me. And, and, and it's me in front of my computer a lot with clients, and there's just a million things to do. And things were falling through uh, holes, and I was just uh, kind of trying to be efficient, and I was missing things. And I came up with a system which was basically five minutes in the morning, a minute each hour, and then five minutes in the evening. And in a nine-hour day, that ends up taking 18 minutes throughout the day, kind of spread throughout a day. Well, that just makes it feel so achievable. And that is another thing that I really enjoyed your book, as well as the fact that it, it's written. I mean, you, you admit just like you did now that, you know, you struggled with these issues just like most the rest of us. And so it's written from someone who's been there, done that, and consistently can struggle just like anyone else. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's funny, actually, as you say that, I think, <clears throat> excuse me, I never planned to be an expert in time management or life management. Like that was not my goal, and it was not, you know. And it, it, what, what occurred to me though, or what happened, is that in order to get the things done that I wanted to get done, I sort of had to de facto become an expert in time management. Otherwise, I wouldn't get it done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and I think it's it's that way for for many professionals, my, myself included. You know, it's you, you become a life coach when you see yourself struggling with some of the issues that you want to help people with. You know, and so you learn, right. and and sure. uh, yeah, it's fabulous. So you get the most, the best advice from people who have lived the experience themselves. I really do believe that. I believe that too. Yeah. So. You start off the book by by talking about something called the find me button for life. What what is the find me button? Tell our listeners. You know, I it was an, on Google Maps. Uh, you on on the which is an app on my iPhone. Uh, I, it it it's a really you know for those of you who haven't seen it, it's a really cool app. But it just it has mm-hmm. either satellite pictures or maps or you know or Google Earth. It was I can't remember if it's Google Maps or Google Earth. And you press a little locator button, what I call the find me button, 
and it throws you up into the uh, earth, and you see this revolving earth, and then it brings you as though you were a rocket ship landing onto a destination to the country you're in, and then to the state, and then to the city, and finally, you know, right to the block that I happen to be in New York, right to the block where you're sitting. But when I was in New York and I opened up uh, the app for the first time, I mean, for the, uh, you know, for the first time that day, it brought me to Savannah, Georgia, because that's the last place I was when I used it. And so I hit the Find Me button, and it threw me back up into the air to the revolving earth and then slowly descended me back down to my correct location. And that's sort of what I did. That's sort of a metaphor for me for what I did to my own life, which is I was doing fine and things were going well, uh, and I kind of mentioned that I shifted my business. Well, that happened because I was in this business and I was doing well, but I wasn't really loving it. I wasn't really enjoying it. I wasn't really in my sweet spot. I wasn't really feeling like I was maximizing who I was. And, and so I, in effect, pressed the Find Me button in my life, which threw me up in the air and then slowly descended me back to the best use of my particular strengths, weaknesses, the ways in which I'm different, the things I'm passionate about. And, it, and it, what I hope to do at the beginning of the book is help people have that same feeling of kind of going up into the air. And it doesn't even need to change drastically their lives, but to help them kind of descend back into a place that's really a perfect fit for who they are. Mm, I love that. That just is such a wonderful um, visual. It's sort of like, too, with, on the GPS, when, when you make a wrong turn and the voice says, recalculating. <laughs> you know? Exactly. That's exactly right. <laughs> You're so creative. And I, I really did enjoy that in the book as well, Peter, the, the, the wit and, and uh, the creative visuals and examples and uh, everyday examples from people who are executives and, and smart people, you know, being uh, a little overwhelmed is not exclusive to people who struggle. It, it seems to be just the common in today's world. Why do you think that is? You know, I, 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 first of all, I think that's absolutely true. And I think that um, more than ever, we live in this sort of ADD world. We have a world that will take what it can from us. That, you know, with as long as you are available, mo- many, many people are available 24-7. We have iPhones, we have Blackberries, we have email, we have, I mean, there's, you know, people can reach us wherever we are. And, and there's a flow of incoming information, data, needs, requests. I I heard someone complaining the other day that they don't really like it when people have iPhones at dinners, not for the normal reason, like not for the reason that, you know, it's interrupting them or they're texting while someone's trying to have a conversation, but because you get into a good argument, you can't really have a good argument anymore because the argument is immediately settled and someone pulls out their (laughs) iPhone and they go, well, you know, this is the answer. And and it's like, you know, it, this, it seeps into our lives in every aspect. So even, you know, like we're even losing good arguments. So my feeling is that we're in a world right now that will take what it can from us. So we need to be more strategic than ever about what we want to give it. That we're yeah. in a position now where we can't just respond to every need, request, and piece of data that comes at us. But we have to be thoughtful and intentional and strategic about where we want to put our efforts, where we want to put our energy, where we want to sort of put our time and attention. And the truth is, 15 years ago even, 10 years ago even, 
it wasn't so bad. We didn't have to make these same kinds of decisions. But we're in a new world now, and it requires mm-hmm. sort of a new intentionality of how we approach our work and our lives. Yeah, absolutely. I love the way you articulate that. We're going to be going into break in a few seconds. So before we do that, Peter, why don't you tell people uh, the easiest way to access your your book and where to find you? So the best way is to go to peterbregman.com, www.peterbregman.com. And there, there's links to a lot of my writing. There's links to the book. You can always, you know, the book is 18 minutes Find your focus, master distraction, and get the right things done. You can get it on Amazon, Barnes and Noble. You know, hopefully, lots of bookstores out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you, you know, the one place if you want to find uh, links to everything could, would be PeterBregman.com. Wonderful! You have some great blog posts there as well. We'll be back in just a minute. Unlocking the secrets in you to create a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marlon Tabaka. And we'll be right back after these. Get ready to laugh along with This Little Parent Stayed Home with Ellie Lopreet. Friday evenings at 6, 5 central on Toginet.com. This is a truly realistic, no-nonsense, tell-it-like-it-is method that will have you laughing and crying, surviving while struggling, and hammering away at the hardships as you travel through the greatest journey of your life. Get empowered by joining thousands of other parents who have also decided to take a leap of faith into a double career with longer hours and half the pay simply because of the love they have for their children. Together, we are rebuilding a new economy that will support us rather than enslave us. Never again will we have to choose between raising our children and earning to provide for them. It won't be easy, but it will be worth it. For more on Allie and her success, check out her website, OurMilkMoney.com. So come get empowered with This Little Parent Stayed Home with Allie Lopreet. Friday afternoons at 6, 5 Central on Toginet.com. Hi everybody, this is Pete Six of Beatles and Beyond. Why don't we all come together and hear some of the tracks off the latest Beatles release on this radio station. Why don't you look up the schedules on this radio station and join me and Beatles listeners everywhere to hear these latest releases from the Beatles on Beatles and Beyond with Pete Dix. Welcome back to the Million Dollar Mindset. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it all starts with attitude and Marla is here to help. It's the Million Dollar Mindset on Toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Marlon Tabaka. And we're back with Peter Bregman, author of 18 Minutes. And Peter says that just 18 minutes a day can save you hours of inefficiency. Talk to us about that, Peter. 
know, it, it's as I was saying before the break, we um, we need to be so strategic about what we want to give the world. And the problem is we're so easily distracted and there's so many tempting distractions around us. So the proposal that I have is to shape our days in such a way that helps us to make those kinds of strategic choices. That I, I spend five minutes in the morning thinking about what it was I want what it is that I want to accomplish, how I want to shape my day, taking things from my uh, to-do list and putting it, and I have a specific kind of to-do list, but taking it from my to-do list and putting it into my calendar. There's a tremendous amount of evidence that points to the fact that if we decide when and where we're going to do something, we'll do it. If we don't decide when and where we're going to do it, we just say at some point I'm going to do this, we won't end up doing it. And that research has been repeated time and time again. So it's really important in those first five minutes of my day to take the things I really want to accomplish and slot them into time slots in my calendar. And then I have my watch uh, beep or computer beep or something every hour, and I take one minute an hour. It's, it's almost nothing. It's an imperceptible amount of time, though, when you actually uh, uh, segregate it from the hour. It feels like a long period of time. And I take a deep breath, which is always useful, and I ask myself, is what I've been working on and what I'm about to work on the most productive use of my time? And then I also ask myself another question I've developed, uh, which is, Am I being who I want to be right now? It's just it's these little reminders throughout my day that um, who I am and what I'm doing is important and that it, it draws me. It's sort of productive distractions, an, an interruption on purpose, that I interrupt myself to make sure that I'm doing what I want to do and I'm being who I want to be. It takes one minute an hour. And then the last five minutes a day, I look back on the day, and that's, these are what I sort of call my learning minutes, my evening minutes, but my learning minutes. What... Uh, what have I accomplished? What worked? What didn't work? What do I want to repeat tomorrow? What do I want to avoid tomorrow? Uh, what does my day look like for tomorrow? And then I also use that time to shoot out a series of quick emails, just thanking people for uh, things they've done today or updating them or creating status. It's kind of a way of wrapping up my day. Uh, and altogether, that takes 18 minutes. Wow. So as a consultant, Peter, I'm sure that you relay this information to to your clients. What is the um, the the of it? You know, do people stick to it? Do do people bounce around and oh, I forgot I fell out of the habit? How do you help people to to really stay with this routine? You know, it's a pretty simple routine. I mean, there's some yeah. specifics to it. But I'm a big proponent of not overwhelming yourself with a whole bunch of sort of new methodology. So I, you know, I've used lots of time management systems in the past, and, and the struggle that I found is that um, they sometimes take more time to upkeep than it takes to actually follow through on it. And so I end up dropping it. And so this is, you know, I, I, I specifically sort of architected this in a sense so that it would be, you know, for myself, for someone who has a hard time staying on a time management problem, I don't want a time management process to be sort of the, you know, yet another thing on my to-do right. list, right? I want right. to help funnel the right things through my to-do list. So, you know, I have found that people keep to it. I'm also an, a proponent of saying use what you want and don't use the rest. There are times when I don't use the 18-minute process in my day and, you know, I'm doing a training session, I'm running a workshop, I kind of know what I'm doing all day, and, and I don't, I, I, I get it. It's a, it's a one-topic day and I focus on that one topic and I don't need to use the process. 
there's sometimes when I've become overwhelmed and I realize, you know what, I haven't been using the process for the last couple of weeks and I've, things have gotten out of control and I've really gotten distracted and then I put it back in place. So it's not the kind of thing that requires you follow it every single day. Otherwise, you've sort of completely lost momentum and you have to start from the beginning. It's, once you do it a few times, it becomes very intuitive. It's very useful. And... Uh, and if you stop doing it for a little bit because you don't really need it, it's very easy to jump back in and use it. That's wonderful. We need that. Peter, earlier in one of your statements, you said that when, when people say, I'll do this someday, it gets put off because someday never comes. And it, it got me to thinking about how common procrastination is. And uh, I'm wondering what you think is the most common root problem behind procrastination because almost everybody I've ever met procrastinates at one time or another. You know, we love to procrastinate. Mm -hmm. We love to procrastinate. And being distracted is the gold ring of procrastination, right? Because we think that we're getting things done. Right. And we're fooling ourselves by the distractions that we're pursuing. We don't even have to call it procrastination. We could still call it we're doing stuff. You know, I, I was on email all day today. And yet mm-hmm. maybe all of that email really didn't amount to much. And the one thing that didn't get done was the most important thing that needed to get done, which is, you know, I was writing a chapter of my book or I was writing a blog or I had to call this client and I never got to the client because I was so busy doing other stuff. So the fact that the world is, is sort of throwing so much at us becomes this very kind of convenient excuse that enables us to continue to procrastinate on the things that are most important to us. And, and my view of that is we really have to make decisions about what we're going to cut out. We have to choose things to ignore. We have to um, make uh, artful choices about what not to do. And that's as important as making choices about what to do. It clears the path for us to get the stuff done that we need to get done. You asked sort of why we procrastinate. Yeah, why would we choose to do that? We know it's not in our best interest, so why do we choose to procrastinate? There's a couple of reasons, I think. The, the, the more important, this is sort of an interesting um, uh, irony, which is that the more important the work is to us, the more likely we are to procrastinate. <laughs> and that's because there's much more at stake at work that's close to your heart, if it's really, really important for you to be a writer, then it really becomes hard to sit down and write because what if you're bad? What if you're not a good writer? What if you try to write something and it just doesn't come out? Or you write it and it comes out and no one wants to read it. And so writing becomes a much bigger issue than just sitting down and writing for two hours. It becomes an issue of identity. If I fail at this, then it means maybe I'm not a writer after all, and I have to completely change my self-concept and give up my hopes and dreams. Better not to start, and that way I won't fail, and that way I can still hold this out as a dream. Mm-hmm. And so the most important work we have, failure, when it leaves our very identity into question, makes us not want to start something in the first place. And, and, uh, and that's one reason. You know, another reason is because when everything is important, everything is important, then we don't make clear distinctions about what we should work on. It makes it psychologically difficult to work on anything. Because when everything is important, if I work on A, it means I'm also not working on B, C, D, and E. And if I think it's also important to work on B, C, D, and E, 
I'm not even going to start A because starting A psychologically tells me that I'm not starting B, C, D, and E. And I'm so afraid of not starting B, C, D, and E that I won't even start A. I don't know if that makes sense or if I got confusing with letters, but it happens to me all the time. Yeah, no, it makes absolute sense. And uh, it's funny how, as you were telling the story about risking failure, and so we procrastinate in my mind, I was, I was kind of going over a time, one of the times, because I'm sure there's more than one, um, that, that I certainly did that. And, um, you know, I asked myself a question. I got tired of myself. I got tired of putting this thing that was very, very important to me personally and to my career off and just putting it off, putting it off. And so I asked myself what, what the, um, the negative outcome of achieving this goal would be for me. And that's how I got around to realizing, oh, my gosh, if I put this out there and it doesn't work, I won't have hope anymore. I won't have anything to hold on to and, and hope that – I can do this. Uh, what are some of the things that you suggest that people kind of explore and ask themselves to determine whether or not they're procrastinating or if their excuses are real? <laughs> um, you know, I think it's really important to sit down, and I, I suggest this in the book, and I talk about a bunch how to do this, to sit down, you know, ideally I do it at the beginning of the year. Fall is a great time to do it. We've just come back from summer, and we're kind of getting ready to get our nose to the grindstone again, and to say, what is really important for me to work on for the rest of this year? Mm -hmm. What's important for me to work on? What do I really want to make progress in? For me, I, I, I look at five different things, and I think it's, uh, it's a useful uh, number because somehow that's sort of what it always ended up for me, and six, seven, eight is going to be too much. It's going to be distracting. Two or three, you can really work on more things than that. And, and I come up with, here's the five most important things that I want to get done. You know, for me, it's um, current clients. Uh, my business is focused on uh, retained work with CEOs and their leadership teams. So I want to really do great work with my current clients. My second thing is to grow my business. I really want to sort of continue to bring in new clients and to grow my business. My third thing is to speak and write about my ideas. That's really critical to me. My fourth for this year and the rest of this year is conversations like this to promote 18 minutes and to help people sort of see the value in it. And the fifth is to nurture myself and my family. Those are my five things that are most important to me to accomplish the year. And so I know if I'm procrastinating on anything that fits into one of those five boxes, it's a mistake. Because I know that I've thought through the fact that those are the five things I really want to accomplish and work on for the year. If I'm procrastinating on something that doesn't fit in one of those five boxes, that's, that's a good thing. Yeah. Because if I didn't procrastinate on that, it would take me away from the things that are most important to me. So knowing what those five things are that are really most important for you to spend mm -hmm. your time on makes a huge difference in knowing whether you're procrastinating on something or not. Yeah, it certainly would. I could understand that. We're going to go into break in just a few seconds here again. We're here with Peter Bregman, and you can find his wonderful blogs and, and links and information at his website, peterbregman, B-R-E-G-M-A-N.com. 18 minutes, a powerful plan for achieving your priorities at work and in life. We'll be back in just a few seconds.
find the secrets in you to create a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marlon Tabaka. And we'll be right back after these. Fertility is an extremely personal subject. Tune in Monday nights at 9, 8 central for the Fertility Forum with infertility psychotherapist and expert Phyllis Martin on toginet.com. This is the show about infertility, gaining support, and information. Phyllis will assist you in navigating the disappointments and decisions that often accompany the difficult journey from diagnosis to conception, pregnancy to parenthood. She is passionate about her work and is an expert in the donor egg field, bringing both her personal and professional experience to all she does. Ms. Martin has extensive experience in helping patients cope with infertility, pregnancy loss, adoption, surrogacy, miscarriage, pregnancy termination, and creative family building. She knows what you're going through, and she's here to help. It's the Fertility Forum with your host, Phyllis Martin, Monday nights at 9, 8 central on toginet.com. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for you to be a rock star. Get ready to rock with Rock Talk and Craig Deswalt and learn how to achieve rock star status in your industry every Tuesday afternoon at 2, 1 central on toginet.com. Craig Deswalt is the creator of the Rock Star System for Success. Craig will share easy tips and strategies on how entrepreneurs and businesses can use outside-the-box marketing strategies to stand out from the competition. Each high-energy show will feature interviews with celebrity rock stars as well as business rock stars. For more on Craig, the show, and the Rockstar Marketing Boot Camps, check out the website, CraigDuswalt.com, so you can learn how to be perceived as an expert and celebrity in your field, so more people come to you to buy your services and products. Then, get ready to be a rock star with Rock Talk and Craig Duswalt. Tuesday afternoons at 2, 1 central on Tugginet.com. Welcome back to the Million Dollar Mindset. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it all starts with attitude, and Marla is here to help. It's the Million Dollar Mindset on Tugginet.com. And now, back to your host, Marla Tabaka. And I want to let you all know that next week we have another wonderful guest. He is the author of As We Speak, How to Make Your Point and Have It Stick. And Peter Myers is going to be talking to us about overcoming your fears of public speaking, learning the secrets of high-performance communication, winning over an audience with your voice, and making those difficult conversations easy. And yes, that'll be another really interesting show. And we're here with Peter Bregman today, author of 18 Minutes, Find Your Focus, Master Distraction, and Get the Right Things Done. I love it. And Peter, uh, just before break, we were talking about you know, choosing the five annual focuses that are are most important to you. And I, I really enjoyed that reminder because, you know, we do tend to have a list a mile long of all the things we want to get done, but we don't necessarily choose what's important. They're just, we're kind of being uh, 
controlled by our lists, if you will. And I've fallen victim to that with, you know, lists that are three pages long. But in your book, you have a really practical solution to it as an alternative to the the traditional to-do list. Can you tell us more about that? Uh, sure. So, so I um, use as my to-do list something I call the six-box to-do list. And by the way, some of these resources I have uh, on my website. I have a sort of template for six-box to-do list on my website at peterbregman.com. Wonderful. Um, the six-box to-do list has a box for each of those five things. So each one of my five top areas of focus are in one are in a box each. They each get a box, and the sixth box is a box I call the other five percent. And the idea is that I should be spending 95% of my time in those top five areas of focus. And 5% of my time I'm going to spend, you know, buying running sneakers, getting the oil changed, things like that. When I first started keeping a to-do list like this, almost everything I was doing was in that box, the other 5%. Somehow I was choosing to procrastinate on everything uh, that would prevent me from doing the things that were most important to me. And... They were the easiest things to tick off my list. They took the least amount of time. They gave me satisfaction because I was accomplishing things, uh, but they were um, not in the areas that were most productive for what I wanted to focus on. Within a couple of days of keeping a list like that, everything changed because any to-do that came in, I had to choose where to put it. And if I was just continuing to fill up this other 5%, it was glaringly obvious that I had a blank page with everything stuffed in this one box. And soon I was not only taking to-dos and placing them in the right box, but the boxes themselves were generating to-dos. I thought to myself, well, you know, growing the business. I have nothing in growing the business. I'm spending time with my current clients, but what am I doing to grow the business? That box has been empty for a week. And that prompts me to say, let me start to think of some things that I could do so that I could spend some time in that box, which is where I want to spend my time. And voila, I start to grow the business. So, you know, uh, achieving anything is basically a, uh, an algorithm of spending time on it. You know, it's like, you know, how much time, you know, if you have the skill, then as long as you have the skill, the interest, the passion, it plays to your strengths and your weaknesses, and you spend time on it, then you'll accomplish it, and you'll, and you'll do it effectively. So yeah, and I have to say, sure after uh, reading your book, I, <laughs> I actually made a sheet like that, and I, I made like 20 copies of it, <laughs> so, you know, I could keep it going. And um, it, it really does work because for me, I'm a very visual person and having things all clumped in one or two boxes really made me so much more aware that I wasn't putting enough time into creating my information products, which is a, a top, top priority right behind working with my clients and bringing clients in. And uh, so seeing that stare at me day in, day out is what motivated me to do my next recording and to finally just get that done and stop procrastinating on it. So no, I can say firsthand it really works. Thank you. Hey, I'm thrilled to hear that. That's great. <laughs> That's exactly how it's, it's great. To it's <laughs> great. So, Peter, I, I coach uh, mostly but not exclusively female entrepreneurs with, with businesses that are ready to scale. They've got these great business models. They're ready to start hiring employees. Or, or what have you, and really scale these businesses. And one thing I hear is that, you know, I, in all good faith, I have these things lined up that I know are priorities. I know I need to get these done. But 
you know, clients email and this happens and that happens and the phone doesn't stop ringing. And, and, you know, I work out of my home office. The kids come home at three o'clock. I have to take an hour or two off. And then this happens and that happens. Ah, what, what, what is the answer? Right. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's a great question. We're all facing that same stuff. I mean, we're yeah. all facing that same stuff and I've got three kids myself. And so, and, and I, I tend to think of myself as and hope to be a pretty involved dad. So, you know, I don't actually always stop working at 3 o'clock, but I always stop working for a little bit at 3 o'clock when my kids come home to be able to hang out with them uh, and when I'm working in my home office. And uh, so it's a great question. Here's what I've um, discovered is, first of all, remember, for me, I've got that box saying nurture myself and my family. So it's important for me as a husband, as a father, to um, devote real time to being in that space, to being in that box. So that's part of it. So, and the way you spend time doing anything is you schedule it. So I schedule that. The other thing is, here's a, here's a huge time saver. It is very tempting whenever an email comes in to answer it. And um, that's a big mistake in my view. The, uh, the, you know, a much better process is to sculpt out specific times in your day to go back to that schedule, specific times in your day when you're going to do things like return phone calls and answer email. And if, if I have half an hour to answer email that I you know, <clears throat> put from uh, uh, 10 to 10.30, 12 to 12.30, whatever it is, then I have a little game for myself, which is I go there, I go to email, and my goal is to knock out as many emails as I possibly can, either emails I have to send out or emails that I return to people um, as quickly as I get as many as I can within that 30-minute period. So it's, it's, what's distracting is every time it, the email beeps, you stop what you're doing, you switch your mindset, you look at the email, you think about it, maybe you answer it, maybe you don't, maybe it leads you to a web page, maybe you start looking at that web page, then you, know, you emerge three hours later having not accomplished the thing that you're going to accomplish. Uh, instead, you cap it. You sort of put a boundary around it, which is a lot of what I talk about in effect, which is that life right now is boundaryless. The best thing we could do is find ways to put boundaries around our days, our work, the work we're going to work on at a particular time. Uh, to, the more we learn how to create those boundaries ourselves, the more effectively we'll get done the things we want to get done. Yes, those boundaries and that scheduling, so true. And I, I, yep, I can see myself now getting lost in link heaven. I'm guilty of it, <laughs> absolutely. One of the, the pushbacks I get when I suggest scheduling email and phone call time and, you know, letting the phones go to voicemail, that kind of thing, are, is that my clients are worried about, you know, ignoring their clients. What if it's something important? They expect me to respond quickly. What, what do you have to say about that? You know, I, I think people expect to respond quickly, but there's, uh, there's very, very few responses that have to be delivered in less than, say, three hours. So if you're checking your email twice, three times a day, that's plenty of time yeah. to mm-hmm. um, be able to make sure that you're getting back to people. So I, I, think, I think we have an illusion that because it's so immediate, people are expecting these immediate responses. But look, you and I are on this interview for an hour, and we're not doing email. 
And there's no yeah. question that we're not doing email during this hour. I mean, I don't think you're doing email. I know I'm no, not. No, sir. You got my attention so, here. <laughs> right. So, so we're not doing email. So people know, for example, we know that for that hour. But if you were writing an article and you were finding you were at a little bit of a difficult spot and you were having a hard time getting past it and an email beep, the temptation to answer that email would be much stronger. And the justification you would have in your head is, well, maybe they need me to respond right away. I should go check it. But really, that's just an excuse that we use to get out of the hard concentration work that we're doing. Everybody mm-hmm. could wait an hour or two to get a response. Yeah, yeah. And, and I always question uh, the clients who, who push back really hard on that. Um, as to whether or not they're in a fear-driven space. You know, are you so afraid of losing a client? Let's take a look at that. So, you know, look at the psychology behind it as well. Yeah. Interesting. And I have found also the longer I have my career and the more I take risks with, mm-hmm. um, with really fully exposing who I am in the world, the more, um, you know, I've always, that's a fear thing, which is to say, well, if they really knew, they really knew that I spent most of my time working in my home office and not an outside office, because I used to have an outside office, now I do everything. If they really knew that, they wouldn't think I was so professional. They wouldn't, you know, if they really knew that, you know, as as often as I can, I do my work in jeans and a t-shirt, if they really knew that. And what I have found is the more I um, let people know the things I'm afraid that they might know, the uh-huh. more I am respected as someone who's like and, and just understood for who I am. And I've never lost a client for any of that stuff. So, yeah. you know, you set the expectation. And if you're afraid of yourself, then that's the expectation that you set. And then people will walk all over that. If you know who you are and you're comfortable in that, then that's the new expectation that you set. And people really respect it. Yeah, that is so true. The old imposter syndrome, as they call it. What if I'm found out? Oh, no. (laughs) And being authentic is the way around that. Just being who you are. Yeah. Good advice. Yeah. So, Peter, what about... What about the things that, and I'm guilty of this, the things that are on that to-do list, and we're going to go into break about in about a minute, so I'm going to ask this question, just let you ponder it for a minute. But the things that are on the to-do list and never get to done, and you go back and you look at it three months later and you say, yep, that's been carried over a number of times. I know that you have a solution for that in your books and as I in your book and as I said we're going to be going into break but I want to point out to everyone that there's an awesome interview that uh, went live this morning on Inc magazine and you'll hear more about Peter's strategies or see it in writing at inc.com slash Marla hyphen. Tabaka. So make sure that you mosey on over to that during your scheduled time when you're supposed to be on the internet <laughs> looking <laughs> for information and you'll find some great stuff there as well. We'll be back in a minute. Unlocking the secrets in you to create a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marlon Tabaka. And we'll be right back after these. Coming live from Seattle, Washington, home of the biggest and best internet companies on the World Wide Web, it's SEO Radio, starring Brandon Knott. 
Tuesday nights at 10 Central, 8 p.m. Pacific on Toginet.com. SEO Radio. This pioneering internet and social media entrepreneur will share some of his most super efficient opportunities with you, small business owners, and future entrepreneurs to help you build a future like Amazon or Expedia Online. There's never been a marketing strategy that's been so effective at allowing small businesses to compete with the big boys. And Brandon now helps you learn these easy as one, two, three. SEO. For more on Brandon, check out his website, SeattleOrganicSEO.com. SEO Radio. Get set for SEO Radio, starring Brandon Knopf. Tuesday nights at 10 Central, 8 p.m. Pacific on Toginet.com. Have you ever wondered if you're normal or why you feel distant from your partner? Then join us for Sex Talk with Lou with your host, Lou Paget on Toginet, Wednesday nights, 9, 8 central. Do you want to recreate a truly connected relationship or wonder, how do I tell my kids about things? Join Lou Paget, one of the world's best-selling authors in the field of sexuality, a certified sex educator and sought-after expert for all media and her renowned expert guests as they discuss anything and everything about sex that impacts our lives and our families' lives. For more on Lou, check out her website, loupaget.com. This is the show where the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health can finally give you the answer to that question. Join us for Sex Talk with Lou with your host, Lou Paget, Wednesday nights at 9, 8 central on toginet.com. Welcome back to the Million Dollar Mindset. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it all starts with attitude, and Marla is here to help. It's the Million Dollar Mindset on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Marla Tabaka. And we're here with Peter Bregman, author of 18 Minutes. You can find out more about Peter at his website, peterbregman, B-R-E-G-M-A-N.com. And don't forget to check out our Inc. article today. It was so much fun working on that with Peter. And you'll find that at com slash Marla hyphen tabaka t-a-b-a-k-a so peter did you put some thought to that that uh complex question i left you with um remind me of it again i got distracted by the commercials (laughs) yeah aren't they fun absolutely you know we have things on that to-do list that just get carried over and carried over and never get to done what does that mean why do we do it how do we fix it Got it. So here's here. You know, when, what I said beforehand was um, before the commercial uh, and 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 kind of earlier on was that the you know our most important things often don't get done, and and that if you really want to get something done, what you need to do is decide when and where you're going to do it. So I have a, a rule for I don't let things stay on my to do list generally for more than three days. To be honest, sometimes a week, but no more than a week. And if I'm looking at something that I haven't done that's in my to-do list, certainly if I hadn't done it for three months, I would make it. I would make a, a series of quick decisions. One is, can I do it right away? So is it something I could do right away? And I'm amazed sometimes how I look at something that's been on my to-do list for you know a few weeks uh, when when I was letting things stay on my to-do list for a few weeks, and I decide I'm going to do it, and it takes me five minutes to shoot a quick email to someone. So if I do it right away, I just do it, and I know I've gotten it done. 
if I'm not willing to do it right away, or I can't because it's going to take too much time, then my next question is, am I willing to schedule it into my calendar for some time? Frankly, I don't care if it's sometimes six months from now, but am I willing to take a time frame somewhere in my calendar and assign this thing to a time frame when I'm going to accomplish it? Mm. If I am, then I go ahead and put it in my calendar. If I'm not in the end, if in the end I decide I'm not willing to do it right away, I'm not willing to schedule it at some point, then I take it off my to-do list and I admit to myself that I'm never going to get it done. Sometimes if I'm afraid to take it off my to-do list, I'll put it on my sort of someday maybe list that Uh usually just gets deleted after a few months of not having accomplished it. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a great process, and it really forces you to evaluate the importance of the things that we're putting on our list. And uh, keeping the list like this too, I I think is so beneficial because it helps you to see how much time you're spending in any one particular arena with things that are not paying off um, or may not be paying off, and evaluate the level of importance, really. I know that when, when I started being more vigilant about my list, I, I really started to see that I was devoting too much time to another media outlet that just wasn't doing anything for me. And, uh, and so I dropped that outlet. And wow, you know, I've got like three hours a week back. So I'm excited yeah, about great. that. That's a great example. Yeah, yeah. So Peter, what are the points in the book that that we're missing here in today's conversation that in this last segment you'd like to go over and make sure that our, our listeners uh, get to hear? Um, it's a great question. I mean, there's, the book is broken up into all these really short chapters, and each chapter has a point to it. So there's so many different little things mm-hmm. that I, I mean, I... I uh, I, I wrote the book, so I, I'm in love with it. But yeah, those, those, those <laughs> well, I am too. So there you are. Yeah, um, but but I think you know underlying them is is look. I feel like we all need to make a commitment here to learn how and practice focusing and being in the moment in deciding what uh, where we want to spend our time what we want to be doing, and then committed to doing it when we're doing it. It is so easy in this world to distract ourselves from being in the moment that we're in. You know, I'm with my kids, and I'm checking my email because I get bored for a millisecond. And, and I, I think for me, you know, the whole last part of the book, which is less focused on exactly what the plan is, you know, the, the, the book's divided into these four sections. So the first section is kind of slowing ourselves down a little bit and rethinking our lives. So, you know, it's pressing that find me button so that we could set ourselves up to be able to uh, change. The, the next piece is what are those five things? You know, what is your year about? And then what is your day about? And then the last section is what is this moment about? And, and it's probably about half the book is what is this moment about? And it's this, it's strategies and... Um, and, and, and tricks and tips and tools to create those boundaries we were talking about so that when you're doing what you're doing, you can focus on it 100%. And, and you decide what you're going to do, when you're going to do things, and, and then you tackle those things without multitasking, without having your head in a million different places at once, without, being half, without bringing half of you to everything that you're doing, but really bringing all of you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I, to me, that's a big part of why I wrote this book is that I found that I was living my life halfway. 
and I wasn't focusing on the things that were most important to me. And even when I was focusing on those things, I wasn't doing it in a way in which I was really fully there. And so that, to me, is the big time and life management dilemma of our generation right now and our sort of particular time frame that we're living in. Um, uh, we're sort of doing everything at once, and we aren't enjoying any of it. And uh, I, I want us to stop drowning in the details and choose some direction and kind of designate when to do what. And to do that, we need some skills. We need skills to say no thank you to people. We need skills to say kind of yes please. We need skills to say um, uh, how am I going to get traction on something? How do I get started? You know, one of the things I talk about in this book is like this, this need for motivation. Um, and people look at, you know, someone who's accomplished a bunch, they say, well, they're really motivated. In fact, that's probably not true, meaning we don't really get very far with motivation. We get much farther by creating an environment around us that makes it more likely that we will do the things that are important to us and less likely that we won't. And that's how we accomplish things. Yeah. And, and, you know, the choices you make in the moment are often not the choices that are the best choices for you long term. And just go to a buffet to get to figure that one out, right? I mean, you go to any buffet and you fill, I mean, I go to any buffet and I fill my plate up, I fill my three plates up with, you know, little tastes from every single plate that's at the buffet and I leave completely stuffed, unhappy, and, you know, further evidenced of the fact that the choices I make in the moment aren't always my best choices long term. Get, you know, we're living in a time buffet. We could do anything. We could eat anything. A time buffet. I like that. That's a, that those are some key words that uh, I can see on a sticky note on, on your PC. You know, it's a time buffet. Choose wisely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it, you know, as you, as you were speaking there, Peter, it's striking me that you know we've been talking mostly about executives and business owners, but your book is really for anyone. I mean, your book can help stay-at-home parents and and you know people who are searching for jobs and uh, a, a vast array of, of individuals, isn't it? Don't you think so? Yeah, I think so. Absolutely. You know, I. I um... I, I hope to write in a way, and I hope that people could see and and connect with the fact that um, you know everybody everybody is living in the same kind of time buffet, and we have to make these wise choices. And you know, I mean, uh, uh, one group of people that I've been doing a lot of speaking to, and I'm you know signed up in a couple of weeks to go talk to a group of 400 of them are retired people. And you would think, oh, man, I'm retired. I could do anything with my time. It doesn't really matter. Why would I need a, a book about, you know, mastering distraction and finding focus? And, well, you know, we're living in, in a way where people who are retired often have 30 more really healthy, great years left. And, yep. and the decision of what I'm going to do with my time, you know, is critical. Stay-at-home parents, absolutely. I mean, I don't know a single stay-at-home parent that's not frustrated by overwhelm. Uh, I, I uh, um, you know, hopefully the, there will be a broad audience to the book where people see that it's not, you know, this isn't a, uh, this isn't a, a book for a particular audience so much as it is a book that says if you're busy and you want, and it's important to you to get things done that are important to you, mm -hmm. then um, this book can help you get there. 
and hopefully it'll be a fun read at the same time. Well, it is a fun uh, a fun read. You have a lot of little witticisms in there that are enjoyable and, and uh, examples from your own life and some wonderful insights. So thank you for sending me a copy. I have referred to it a, a number of times. <laughs> oh, well, I'm thrilled that you enjoyed it and, and, uh, um, and appreciate, uh, appreciate you liking it. Oh, thank you. This has just been so informational. I mean, this is uh, the kind of podcast that I hope listeners will listen to more than once because it's going to be hard to get it all. But you went over some of these things, not quite as in-depth, obviously, in our um, Inc. article, which is up there. So I want to remind uh, listeners to go to inc.com slash Marla hyphen tobacco to read that and to your website with all of its wonderful content and blogs and reminders and fun stuff. So thank you for being here with us today, Peter. Is there anything that you'd like, anything else that you'd like to leave our audience with? Uh, I, I think we've covered a lot of yeah. it. I want to just thank you and I want to thank the audience for listening and, uh, and you know, if 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 any if there's any gem in this that that helps all of us, because every time I talk about it, it reminds me too of these things. Mm-hmm. It helps us live each moment in a really full and complete way, and get done all of the important things, the important things that we want to get done, while leaving out the things that don't really add value. Then yeah. um, life is good. Yeah, yeah, it is all about getting to that that life balance where life is good. So thank you for helping us on that journey, Peter, and for being here today with us. We'll be in touch. It's my great pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you. And I want to remind you all to tune in next week when we have Peter Myers speaking about his book, As We Speak, How to Make Your Point and Have It Stick. So if you've got some difficult conversations coming up or you are a public speaker and you feel like you could have more impact on your audience, this is really going to be an exciting show for you. So tune in next week as we talk to Peter Myers. And I want to thank you all for being here today. I've really enjoyed this show and look forward to seeing you here each and every week. You can feel free to send me an email at Marla at MarlaTabaka.com should you have any questions or comments. See you next week. Thank you for being a part of the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka from Toginet. If you've always known there was more out there for you, but you just weren't sure how to get there, and if you've always